This is Pat Soundbites Unplugged. Unplugged. The podcast where all the artists go to tell it as it is. Careers, music, tours, and more. And here's your host, the man that refuses to eat squid, Pat Calamari. And once again, welcome to Pat Soundbites Unplugged Podcast. Pat Calamari here, your host. Can't thank you enough for subscribing, for clicking on the link, and even just listening. Man, I'm doing my best in keeping new music alive on the radio and on video. And speaking of video, episode number 120 is a Zoom link with a phenomenal bass player. A bass player not in just one grade supergroup, but how about two? Like in Asia and like in Yes. And he's also an accomplished record producer, uh, recording engineer, uh, recording mixing guy, um, multi-instrumentalist, singer, songwriter. I'm talking Mr. Billy Sherwood. What a great chat with Billy. He's now also the founding member of a new progressive rock supergroup called Arc of Life. And their self-titled debut album is slated for release on February 12th on Frontier Music Label. And if you're a progressive rock fan, you're going to love this album and these tracks. Oh, and by the way, this supergroup features three members of the current Yes lineup, like vocalist John Davidson and drummer Jay Shellen. How cool is that, along with Billy? Um, completing the lineup also is um, on keys Dave Kirshner and on guitar Jimmy Hahn. All very talented veterans out there in the music world. Again, it's called Arc of Life. We talk about the killer artwork, you know, like Roger Dean has done for Yes. We talk about the recording process, the songwriting, the tracks. We talk about the wonderful, great Chris Squire. Uh, you name it, we chat about it as quick as we can within a 25-minute time frame. Even his mom calls in like twice. It was pretty cute and funny. Anyway, Arc of Life, check it out. It's coming out February 12th. Go out and buy it. You will not be disappointed, trust me. And of course, as always, thank you for subscribing to my podcast, whether you're on Spotify, Deezer, iHeart, Apple. I can't thank you enough. And please continue to share with your friends. And don't, don't be shy to even post it on your social media page. I really appreciate that. And hit the subscribe button on my YouTube channel. Okay, enough of me. Time to enjoy my wonderful chat with Billy Sherwood. And you can, again, check that out on my Instagram. For now, as always, live, love, and laugh a lot. Because life is way too short. Enjoy. Hi, this is Billy Sherwood. And you're listening to Pat Soundbites Unplugged. Hey, live on Pat Soundbites IGTV. Keeping new music alive on the radio and on video. And man, what an honor it is to have this cat in the house. I mean, producer, engineer, mixer, Carmine piece. I talked to before and said, tell Billy I said hello. Billy engineer, oh. a bunch of Carmine's, Guitar Zeus. I'm yeah. talking Asia. I'm talking yes. I'm talking the wonderful, the incredible Billy Sherwood in the house. Billy, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you, man? I am. I can't get the smile off my face when I heard 
of this concept and the opportunity to actually speak with you, man. This is awesome. Billy's got another project. Not that he's like a time to do things, but a great super group, progressive rock super group, I should say, with an incredible lineup called Arc of Life. The debut album comes out on Friday, February 12th on Frontier Music label um before i jump into all of that because i love every bit of it how you making out pal with this whole covid virus lockdown driving it's driving me nuts (laughs) 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 if it wasn't for the vr the quest 2 that i bought i'd be losing my mind um you know it's it's it is what it is man and hopefully we get over this and get out of this storm and back on the road you know yeah man we want you back i got the pleasure to see you right there i was fifth row courtesy of the management team you had there with asia and yes and uh carl palmer and john uh lodge at yeah. the woods up here in woodstock and you were right in front of me and uh you you rocked a double duty that night man that was crazy. yes that's right yeah yeah that was a long show so uh for like three and a half hours every night it's crazy oh yeah no doubt uh so arc of life i mean uh you know when i i've listened to the album three or four times and it brought me back to conspiracy i gotta say i mean i felt this chris squire billy sherwood vibe um days of wonder love conquers all and um i mean i don't know we already threw in, I'm the program director. We already made you make it real on our rotation. So New York awesome. is loving it. We're getting great feedback for you. Oh, um, good. Tractor killer. So tell me when you started this concept, this idea where you came up with the name and grabbing this super group of uh, John and Dave and, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, Jimmy. Um, oh, my God. Jimmy well, it started really in the back of a tour bus in 2017. John and I shared a tour bus on the Yes Tour. And we had a studio in the back uh, and doing some writing. And just one thing leads to another. And before you know it, we had several songs developing. And it was kind of at that point that we sort of knew this is this is not heading for Yes. It's not heading anywhere, but its own thing. So maybe we should develop this into a band. And it was at that point that we started reaching out and, and, you know, Jay was the obvious choice. Uh, and Jimmy Hahn, who's played with me before and who's a fantastic player and a totally cool dude. Uh, and Dave Kersner, who has his own solo career and is in the prog lane very deeply and everyone knows about him. So uh, it just seemed like the right fit right now. And that is the band. Um, it took from 2017 to 2019 to make the record because we were really busy with yes things at the time. And, uh, but we did manage to get a lot of the vocals done in the back of the bus. And, uh, you know, then on a break, John was here in LA. We went to his house and recorded the rest of the vocals. I went to the studio with Jay and recorded drums and got him all sorted out. And then the other two guys kind of file shared because Jimmy lives in Utah and Kersner's uh, in Florida. Okay. So we just kind of went back and forth and, until we all, you know, felt comfortable about where we were with the tracks. And, and then we arrived at the end here. I mean, Arc of Life. Uh, I love the uh, the artwork. Is that a Roger Dean? Did you uh, talk to Roger about that? Beautiful <laughs> job. Yeah, it's it's from their camp. Uh, okay. You know, 
of that feeling, but it doesn't, I wanted to make sure it didn't look like a yes cover. Right. But, uh, I had an idea for the cover, which I, I sketched out myself on hand and, and took a picture and sent it in. I just had this vision of a, I guess it's the COVID thing, but you know, a, a guy sitting in a cave <laughs> looking out at the most pristine world and just wanting to get out there. And uh, that's kind of what the idea I put in their heads. And that's what they came back with. And they nailed it. I, I want to be where that is. <laughs> you, and me, you and me both want to drink in my head. I mean, right. looking at the, to look, when I saw the tracks, talking with Surrey, lockdown, I go, okay, yeah. And, I, and you probably wrote them before, obviously, this even occurred. Way before, yeah. All the lyrics were done way before COVID, but it just so happens to work out as a soundtrack to what we're doing right now quite well. It's crazy. I really love the flow of the album. Let me ask you this, Billy. You know, progressive rock is certainly a little bit different when it comes to songwriting. I'm not a musician, but, you know, the, the time changes, the signature, the time signature, you know, in, in uh, different times of the of the song compared to a basic song. How, where did you, how does it all start? I mean, from a producer in, from a songwriter in, to put a great song, you know, like uh, You Make It Real or Life Has A Way, and it goes all over the place. And I know you can overdo it, and I tell you can tell me if I'm wrong, that mm -hmm. you got to find a way to stop and go, we got yeah. it. Because if you, yeah, want, a, you, you massage too much, then you lose what you really were thinking. You know, it's like overworking the dough. Exactly. You know I mean? Bad pizza. Um, <laughs> bad pizza. <laughs> um, well, progressive rock is a genre that I love mostly because there are no rules and you can explore wherever you want to go. And that includes like, you know, not only lengthy songs, because a lot of people, um, they relate prog to how long the track is. You know, unless it's 14 minutes, it's not prog. I don't really subscribe to that. Uh, I feel like a song is going to be the length that it's feeling like it needs to be. So in certain instances, things are shorter. Like, for instance, you mentioned You Make It Real. You know, it's kind of a shorter, concise song. But inside of that you know, are these tricky little arrangements that when they're all put together, they equal a simplicity in their complexity of how they're put together. And it's a strange thing, but that's what I try to do with how I do what I do. And, you know, it's to make things accessible to the ear for the average guy who's just wanting to listen to music and hear a groove. Uh, but underneath there, if they listen more and more, they go, wait a minute, I never realized how the bass does this while the guitar does that and the drums go over here. And so it's a, it's a conscious effort to create those things to happen without getting in the way of the song and letting the song speak. And then knowing when, as you said, when it's cooked, you know what I mean? And that's a big part of it is to be able to step away from the vehicle and, and just kind of let it be, you know? I love to crank the headset on and really close my eyes where I can hear each instrument i mean like lockdown you had a great bass riff it was like all of a sudden there's a time change and it's like you jump on it boom 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 i'm like oh yeah i could just yeah, dig yeah. it or there are times where you hear i, I want to say dave on um dave on the keys like you could really pick it up 
Uh, yeah, it's really, yeah. and I enjoy stuff like that. Yeah, it's not about. I, I think we all got spoiled with yes, and when Roundabout came out, it's like, oh my god, it's, you know how long it is. When DJs right. were, you couldn't yeah, back in the sixties and seventies, anything over three minutes, and they wouldn't even play the song. And now, I, yeah, I mean, but you know, for me, one of my favorite Yes albums is Tales, which is just four songs, twenty three minutes long, or however right. long. Um, so I'm into that long thing too, but I also don't want to, I mean, it's like seeing a film that's, you know, just works better when it's cut at two hours and 15 minutes than two hours and 30. Right. You know I mean? and, and it's, it's a hard thing to make that call as a, <clears throat> a bit of a je ne sais quoi that comes in there. But, uh, I've been doing this long enough to know when something's feeling like that's just going on too long. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or not long enough you know it needs to be expanded so it's just experimental and artistic creation at that point you know nah, i think it's great I, you know everybody thinks of you i mean they don't no, no i don't i don't know i'm gonna say not everybody but without doing your homework you know you the producer you the engineer like i said i talked to carmine earlier today he says to say hello he's like oh my god yeah billy engineered my stuff but we all know you as a, a killer bass player but Man, you're you, when I like I said brought me back to conspiracy to hear you sing, dude. We need more of that because everybody, <laughs> the the, the um, reviews that I got was man, it's great to hear Billy sing. And then you got John, who's yeah. a great singer. And between the both of you, I'm like, wow, this is this is over the it's chart. Sort of, this is really cool. It's sort of, <laughs> excuse me, it sort of reminds me of like you know those bands that we've all loved, like you know Super Tramp. Uh-oh. Shit. You there? Yeah, yeah. Keep going. So, you're going. Oh, there you go. Uh-oh. Sorry, it's my mother. You know, what am I going to do? <laughs> She's calling. <laughs> I just had to decline my mother for you. I just had to that. Sorry, a, mom. There's a, price, there's a price to pay coming for you, I'm sure. Oh, no. Um, You were saying like uh, Super Tramp with just different singers in the band. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah, you know, those bands where there's two singers and they, they play off each other and and it, it makes the track just go here or go there. And, and so that was a big part of the attraction for John and I when we first started talking about like writing songs, how cool it would be to you do this, I do that, and then we come together or there's counterpoints and there are canons. And so to have a great voice like that as your wingman, you know, you, it, it really opens up the creativity quite a bit to do some great things. What makes a good mix, Billy? Um, and what got you into the whole producing and engineering? Was it all these days that you go, wait a minute, I can never hear me. I can never hear the bass. I'm going in the control room to crank this up. I want to get more involved. Is it, what am I missing here? What makes, well, a good, what makes, let me start. What makes a good mix, Billy? Uh, you know, I, I, I remember the logic album, the first record. Yep. And, working really hard on that record. I mean, for seven years to get into the studio, you know, and then now we're in and we're making the record. And it's produced by the guys in Toto and it's, and it's sounding great. And I'm excited about it. And it comes time to mix the record. And I, I go to open the control room and it's locked. I'm like, what's, why is the door locked? What's going on? And we weren't allowed in the room because we were five opinionated young, you know, guys that we're just going to come in there and say, I'm not loud enough, you know? Right. Uh, and it was soon after that process, I realized, wow, you know what? 
I, I need to produce because then I can get in the freaking studio <laughs> because the mixing is such an important part of the whole thing. And I knew that back then, but obviously I have my faith that Greg Ladani, Picaro and Paige knew what they were doing and they did. So we were in good hands. But, uh, you know, I've actually recently been doing sessions with Paige, doing some vocal things. And, and we've been laughing about that because I said to him, you know, uh, I tell everyone in interviews, the reason I'm a producer is because you wouldn't let me in the damn room. <laughs> that's a great, that is a great story. I love it. So, yeah, that's kind of when I realized I need to be producing. And, and for me personally, to get my own musical vision together, I need to figure out this craft of engineering, too because that's such a key component. Sound is, you know, engineering has become another instrument for me. And I can really kind of get to the point of things faster when I got my hands on the knobs, as opposed to talking my way through something with another engineer, you know what I mean? Do you find it's yourself- like you, go, you, you know, you, you kind of sit there after a while, you're like, the bass could use a little top end. <laughs> is that better? Well, you know, you could uh, give me that thing. <laughs> I was going to say, do you find yourself grabbing your bass going, here, this is what's missing. I'll, I'll, oh, take I'll care find myself grabbing the EQ or compressor or whatever he's doing. So, but I, I haven't really worked with, a, you know, other engineers in so long. I forgot what it's like to have a second engineer. I'm just, you know, I'm by myself. So, um, but that process is key to making an album for me is that engineering side of things. And, you know, I enjoy doing it. It's fun too. It's a challenge. Oh my God. I mean, your resume, Robbie Krieger, Carmine, Car Quiet Ryan, Motorhead, you got them all covered. I mean, it's like, obviously he's doing something right now. That was my question. If, did you go to school? Did you just pull up, you know, pro tools and said, okay, I'm going to learn this. Well, I, I, it was, a, it was a lot of steps looking over a lot of shoulders and the first steps were, making our first record and understanding the process from tip to tail. And then that knowledge is set in there. And then the second step is like, you know, taking Greg Ladani out for golf and picking his brain (laughs) (laughs) as you're handing him another joint. It's like, how how do you do this? (laughs) Oh, you go like this. You know, (laughs) I, I learned a lot from Greg in terms of engineering stuff too. And where we, where we mixed our logic album was the studio that George Massenburg built uh, George Massenburg created parametric EQ. Wow. So uh, I, ha- I was around a lot of extremely talented people in their field. And uh, oh, my mom's texting Mom is not a happy camper, Billy. She's pissed at you now. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was lucky enough to be around a lot of talented people and picked up a lot of tricks along the way, you know? I, I mentioned skill set. Besides um, having a good ear, I mean, is it hard to keep your influence to learn what they're trying to get across and hold back some of your influence and not over project some of that? No, because what I found is that if I, if I held back at all, I'm not doing my job. Like in other words, guys, that's not cool. This could be better. What drum part are you playing while he's playing that? Why don't you try doing this? Or, you know what I mean? If I'm not interjecting in a, in a capacity that means anything, then there's no point to be there. So I always brought my opinion to the table. I think that's another part of being a producer is you, right. you kind of have to have an opinion and stand by it and have conviction. Uh, and when it comes to these things musically, I do, you know, ask anyone. I'm very opinionated about these things. <laughs> good, good for <laughs> and, you. And uh, so that led me down that path further. But the, the thing that you learn is to, you have to respect what you're walking into as well. I mean, 
I wasn't going to do Motorhead and try to change who Motorhead is. Right. I think just wanted to record it in a way that made sense to what I needed it to achieve and for them. And, uh, you know, that these things kind of find their natural way through as you develop a relationship with each band you're working with. You know, no, I, I hear you. I got you. Um, I, I touched upon the great late Chris Squire, and you obviously formed a wonderful friendship uh, early on. Uh, how did you connect with Chris? Where did that all begin? Did he see you with um, World Trade? or he heard, demos, he heard demos of World Trade that were played to him by the guy who signed us to Polydor, which was Derek Shulman, okay? Lead singer of Gentle Giant slash, at the time, record company mogul executive. He signed World Trade. Long story short, Derek leaves Polydor and goes to ATCO where he's got Yes Without John Anderson because they were doing ABWH at the time on Arista. And Derek says to Chris, I've got the guy who could be your lead singer. You need to meet him. And we met and became fast friends as a result. Um, the only trick was like everyone thought it was a great idea but me to replace John Anderson. So I didn't do it because I just knew that I wanted my own career path at the time. And that it would be career suicide if I did it, you know, and obviously my instincts were correct because soon after that came the union album where they were all put together and, and went out and toured. So, uh, but I was quite happy to, to, to be in the back production mode. And then, you know, when I entered the band, I entered the band kind of the way I felt I needed to. I mean, I created a unique slot in that uh, there was a second guitar player, guy in yes for years with steve howe so uh, that was my own little spot i created i never imagined replacing chris in a million years and but that's what he wanted and he wants yes to continue and to thrive and i'm just trying to honor his wishes and and carry the thing forward to the best i can you know oh my god he was incredible what a what a what a uh, musician i mean he just uh um, a beast out there with the Rickenbacker, and I mean, what what a what a big part of that band that I think a lot of people started to realize if they didn't already when we lost Chris of how important he played in that in the part of the. Uh, of yeah. us. Those bass lines are timeless, and the compositions are what make them what they are. He was an incredibly gifted technician on the bass and had skills galore. But what the thing that attracted me to his trip early on in life was how he composed the bass parts the notes that he was choosing and where he was choosing them and why you know those are the things that i really dug about chris's art and dissected them ad nauseum with him (laughs) 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 and uh got them down pretty good to the point where he looked at me one day and said i think you do me better than i do (laughs) Watching you at the at the, the Royal Affair tour, I couldn't tell if you play with a pick or were you fingering. I mean, I, I play with eight. a pick for the most part, but if I'm playing a fretless bass, usually I'll play with my fingers because you know that's the more proper thing to do. I think with the fretless because it just doesn't sound great with a pick. I don't think so. It's, is it not? It's not that much of it. I mean, I'm not a musician. Is it was it a, a difficult challenge for you between? Asia tracks and yes tracks playing that two, two different mindsets of playing. Um, you know, Chris is wandering all around the neighborhood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where Wetton was just 
laying it down. And so it's a different mindset of how to play a bass. But I was keyed into Wetton's trip very well because I was a huge fan of Crimson, UK, Asia. So, you know, I was all over John's stuff and knew what was going on. And, uh, and then I had the opportunity to get really close to him when we made Raised in Captivity, which was his solo album that I produced and co-wrote with him and, uh, you know, got into the inner circle of his being and really kind of zeroed in on his, his craft and figured it out at that point pretty closely. So uh, it's just two different, completely different ways of playing. You know, it's kind of interesting. It's, it, and it, that's what I dug about the Royal Affair Tour because it was like, wow, for an hour or whatever it was, I get to go out there and play like this way and yeah. then come back out and just completely go nuts the other way. <laughs> Gates of delirium, you know what I mean? It doesn't get any crazier than that if you're a bass player, you know what I mean? Uh, you know what floored me probably the most, as I mentioned, you're, you know, everybody thinks of you as a, a killer bass player. Everybody thinks of Bumblefoot as a crazy guitarist. He's yeah. up there singing Asia, heat of the moment. I'm like, where did this guy get? Where did these vocals come from? I know. Like, He's got that voice, too, that that my voice, I think, is just a little higher in timber, too, where his is a little lower and darker, and it just slots right in perfectly. And, you know, he's an amazing musician, extremely gifted guitar player. It was oh. ridiculous. Sings great, but, you know, he's a really good guy. Yeah. You know, we hung out on the road and he was just a really down to earth cat. You know what I mean? So it was that part was really cool, too. Uh, fifty cat. I got to meet Ron. Uh, one of my last shows last year in February uh, backstage after uh, Sons of Apollo in New York City. And I said, dude, I don't know where you came up with the vocals. And he actually started singing. We taking pictures and he's singing heat of the moment. I go, you're <laughs> killing it, man. You're killing it. Billy, I know my time is running out and mom is going to drive you nuts. I feel bad for the next guy behind. Yeah, you know what I mean? I got to warn him ahead of schedule. I don't know. So before I let you go, what's the next one? Uh, what's the next single? I mean, uh, you make it real. Just Inside is good. If you're asking for an outsider, I like either Life Has a Way or I Want to Know You Better. I was thinking Siri just because it's such a trippy little tune. It is. That, that is a cool one. You know, okay. it's coming from such a different place that I, I'm hoping it's Siri, but we'll have to see what the label decides because, you know, they, they make these calls as they promote the record, and I have faith in that they know what they're doing. So, you know, so far so good. Nah, they're all good. Billy, I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I have, and I hope to get you back. Uh, well, we want to see you on the road, but get you back on a Zoom or a chat to continue, I got a million questions to ask you, man. You're yeah. an amazing cat, amazing talent, man. And we'll I can't thank you enough. All right, man. Well, thank you for having me on the show. And thanks for, you know, helping get the word out about ARC and all the other good stuff. So, Time to rock some Billy Sherwood and ARC of life. Time to rock a little You Make It Real right here on Pat Soundbites IGTV. <laughs> see ya.